Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame you know and then you get free the only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with miss mcgill oh. <laughs> And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 246 of The Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Sunday. Easy like Sunday morning, I hope. Hope your weekend went well. Although, judging by the numbers, I think a lot of people listen to this show on Monday on the commute. Uh, either on the drive-in or on the train or However you do it, or if you're sitting in your cubicle with your headphones on, trying to avoid Janice, talking about her cat's rash, <laughs> eating your cheese sandwich, whatever you got to do, <laughs> thank you for tuning in. How are you guys doing? Um, yeah, guys. Uh, well, first off, I hope everybody went back and uh, I hope you all took the time to listen to uh, Wednesday's episode with Harrison Harper. Um, I had Harrison on before and we talked about his junior career and all that stuff, but, um, he went off and played, uh, his first and, well, and he's started his own business now. So it was really, you know, graduated college, he played, he played, uh, uh, he started playing with Birmingham in the Southern Pro League. And then of course COVID and everything shut that down. So I think he pretty much thought his, his playing days were over, but decided to give it one more kick at the can, you know, play one more year. And, uh, he played, um, in Fayetteville in the Southern Pro League last year and uh, had a call up to the East Coast League, which was uh, an adventure in itself. And uh, basically I told Harrison I'd like to have him back on and uh, basically tell us uh, what the, what it was like a year a year in uh, the Southern Professional League. And uh, and, and it was great. And, uh, and the, the, uh, the episode's gotten a lot of really strong feedback. Uh, people have really enjoyed it. Um, Harrison's an excellent storyteller because... Um, not only he plays, but he actually has his own podcast as well. It's called The Project. I hope you guys check it out. It's a different show. Um, uh, we talk about it on the episode and it's sort of, I, I basically kind of likened it to the Seinfeld of podcasting. It's a, kind of a podcast about nothing, you know? Um, and, uh, cause even though he played hockey, he doesn't really talk about hockey on it. He does a little bit, but not, 
and he's had a few teammates on, but it's not, uh, it's not just a hockey podcast. It's, um, you know, it's basically just stories from his life and the, the adventures of whatever he's got going on. And, and, uh, you know, there's always seems to be, he's in the middle of some silliness somewhere. So, and, uh, and he tells those stories and I, I, and he's just kind of a, he's an interesting guy, fun guy to talk to, um, good storyteller. And I just enjoy listening to his show and I hope you guys check it out. And actually I was really honored that he had me on, um, actually just a couple episodes. I think it was the second last episode that he did. Um, you know, I think everybody thought it might be his last episode after he had me on, but, uh, um, you know, it was fun to get on there and just talk about the beginnings of this show and, and just basic bullshit. Right. Um, it was right before Ice Wars because we were talking about Ice Wars. <clears throat> and, um, but I hope you guys check that out. Check out his show. Good dude. But yeah, just check out the episode. Like I said, he's a great storyteller. He sells some good stories. Um, and the, the sort of the greasy behind the scenes look at what these guys go through, uh, playing in the minors. I think everybody sees the NHL and the glitz and the glamour and the mic'd up and the behind the scenes of, you know, uh, first class travel and people handling your luggage and, and the whole nine yards. Uh, life's a little different in the bus leagues. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting, interesting look. And I hope you guys check it out as well as obviously the 200 and, 45 other episodes of the show. Um, uh, but yeah, so, but like I said, the feedbacks were really strong on it and I, it was, it was a fun time. Um, and coming up on Wednesday, for anybody new to the episode or to the program, welcome. Thank you. Um, we do two shows a week around here, Wednesday and Sunday. Uh, the Wednesday coming up here, I have Ice Wars competitor Keegan McGraw on the Paddywhack. And, uh, really interesting, uh, story. We talk, obviously talk about his hockey career growing up as a goalie and, uh, some of the adventures that he had and, uh, how he earned an 18 game suspension as a goalie and, uh, in junior. And then, uh, you know, to bare knuckle fighting to ice wars and, uh, but nice guy. Um, of course he got injured at ice wars too, with the shoulder. Um, we learned about his, uh, it is uh, coming, healing nicely, and uh, I had a lot of fun talking to Keegan. Like I said, nice kid, and uh, I hope you guys will tune the ep- tune into that episode. And uh, yeah, and it, like I said, Ice Wars competitors; those guys are everywhere nowadays. And Keegan might be showing up somewhere too. I'll let him tell that story. But uh, yeah, so that that was a fun interview. So actually, I recorded that this afternoon. So, um, but yeah, how about we uh, let's get into this one? Um, well. Uh, what am I going to talk about today? Well, we'll talk about, uh, there's still people crying about the Bob Probert tournament. Um, I'm going to talk about an upcoming tournament. Why am I doing this to myself? I don't know, but I'm going to. Um, as well as, uh, Chris James out there, Y2J to the fans on the old fight message boards. And he's been on this show before. Um, he bounces around the fight message boards and, uh, he's really active on them and he's creating a lot of topics. And one of the topics that he had talked about on the groups was where do you rank so-and-so all time? And he listed off, there was about six or seven guys and, uh, you know, it led to a lot of, uh, comments and conversation in the, uh, in, in the groups. So, and I, and I always say the great thing about these groups, as much as the, a lot of the guys in there bugged the shit out of me, it also... It, it helps me in doing these shows because it gives me content to talk about. Um, so I'm going to talk about that um, as well as uh, uh, I'm, I'm bringing back. Sorry, I'm going to lose Tim, the listener. Sign list guy Tim is going to log out right now because I don't have a list this week. Sorry, Tim, uh, but I am bringing back 
Um, it was a, it was something that I, I have done in a way back when with a bunch of different episodes and I called it myth versus reality. And, uh, I am bringing that back and this myth versus reality is going to be about Dave Manson. So, uh, yes, I'll bring that up. And then at the end of the show, I have a, I have a personal story to tell you guys, uh, to regale you with Seinfeld-esque, if you will, and uh, a very eye-rolling interaction that I had that ended up being, I, I, I'd laugh for 10 minutes, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I will share that with you guys at the end of the episode, but uh, and I always say it with these episodes, I'm not going to talk long today, and then it ends up being an hour and a half, but I'm really shooting to not talk for very long today. Um, that's one thing... Um, I've been striving for in the last little bit. Um, I want to sort of condense the episodes to make them shorter. Um, now, in saying that, of course, Harris and I end up going for two and a half hours or whatever. Again, if I have a guest on and they're, when we're talking and we're having a good banter and the stories and things are flowing, I'm not going to cut anybody. Oh, thanks for coming on, you know, because I can only do an hour. I won't, I'm not going to do that. Obviously, I'm going to let them talk for as long as they all sit here all night. doesn't matter to me. Um, but in terms of these shows where it's just myself, I'd like to streamline, streamline these to an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. Um, I, I find that, um, I circle the point a lot before making it and, uh, I could probably get to it a lot quicker. Um, you know, uh, you know, you, you know, so it, it it's, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm sorry. I, I got distracted. I'm looking out the window. I got just something flew by the window. I got distracted for a second. Um, yeah. So I, I'm kind of, I, I'd really like to, uh, condense the episode, which makes it hard when I'm babbling like this. But, uh, um, again, not so much the interviews, but, um, just with these. And, uh, cause I mean, sometimes, you know, you get the horse and knock it down and then we'll continue to beat it. You know, I don't, I don't think, uh, I think we got to sort of, uh, time management, if you will, we got to tighten up our time management here. But, uh, uh, but before we get going, obviously, as I said, I'm a member of the hockey podcast network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the, <coughs> holy, here we go. Try that again. Oh, hold on. Take a drink here. Time management. I mean, I could edit that out, but I won't. Um, <laughs> 50 shows on the network, all the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there is a podcast for you. And of course, with camp starting up right now and everything going on, of course, they'll be hot and heavy. And uh, a lot of content will be flying out of the network here uh, starting, well, probably right now. Um, and then, of course, oh, yeah, out there in North Carolina, oh, he's... Bouncing around from Philly to Winston-Salem. Winston-Salem, the highway has taken him away from the microphone again. Uh, old Alec there at the Five for Fighting podcast. Um, they have moved into the, to the new shanty there. They got the bumper blocks up so the, the wind won't move it. And, uh, you know, he's got his neon sign up in his podcasting closet and he's ready to go. And, uh, I know he wants to start doing episodes back on the regular here, but work just keeps calling them and away he goes. You know, I don't, who knows? I, I'm not really sure what he does for money. I don't think I want to know. But, uh, yeah, and, he's, and apparently he travels. So uh, I, he hasn't come out with an episode recently. I know he has some stuff on the burner that he wants to do. And uh, I know it's his goal to obviously uh, do a regular podcast. But with work, just being goofy right now, it's tough. and Which I completely understand. So, But I will begrudgingly admit that he has a tremendous back catalog. By Lois, Segroy, Rob Ray, Jason Rushton, on and on. And uh, also, for those on YouTube, 
check out the Five for Fighting YouTube channel. He has all the East Coast League fights from last year. And I, I haven't asked him, but I would assume he's doing it again this year. And uh, and the East Coast League's hopping. It was it was rocking last year. A lot of tough guys. And this year, um, some tough kids as well. Like I said, Cade McNally just signed with Savannah. So that'll be a nice, you know, he's a young kid wanting to make a name in its first year. So, you know, he'll be out there looking for it. Um, a lot of guys have re-signed in the East Coast League. So I think the East Coast League will be really hopping and Alex going to be on it. So definitely check that out. And while you're on YouTube... Bounce over to the Fourth Line Voice, my channel. I have over 2,500 fight videos, all the leagues. Whatever league you're looking for, just put it in the search engine. Everything's sorted. It'll come up. Um, channel's been... I haven't added much to the channel lately. It's been a little dormant. Um, as I said, as the fall goes on here and my work slows down and uh, I'm not working all the, every weekend and all that stuff, uh, I plan on doing some videos for it and, and get the channel going again. And uh, so subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to both channels, please. Uh, especially with Alec. He's trying to get to 1,000 subscribers. He's at 8-something right now. So if you could hit that subscribe button. Uh, like I said, it might not be a big deal to you, but it's a big deal to him. And uh, it would be greatly appreciated. And, and would be greatly appreciated if you could hit mine as well. So, uh, yes. And if you're on social media, you know... I don't know why you would do that to yourselves. I mean, I have to be on there because I have to with this show. If I didn't have the show, I certainly would not be. But uh, no, if you're on social media, Fourth Line Voice on Twitter as well as on Facebook. And uh, and like I said, these Facebook groups that I'm talking about, the Hockey Enforcers Appreciation Group as well as Hockey Fights and Brawls, um, join those groups and get in here and and, uh, and join the conversation and or create conversation. That's what it's all about. And uh you know, get in there and we're all in there flapping our lips about guys and uh, who was tough and who was not and who we think would win and everything else. So um, please sign up and, uh, you know, and uh, get involved. But uh, yeah, guys, let's get into this. Um, it's funny. This is like the, I think it's like the third time I've tried to record this episode. I tried to record it on Friday and I would get halfway through and I find myself really um, more so than usual rambling. I tend to, I know I tend to ramble a lot anyway. But it's one of those, I was rambling, but I was forgetting what I was talking about. Because so I was sort of just, I don't i don't know, it was weird. I was just sort of, I have a laugh, it was just word soup. And um, when I was saying it, it made sense. But then I'm like, what, what did I just say? I don't know. And I had to stop and start and stop and start. And I was just like, and then today I was just like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll just redo the whole thing. Um, so, <laughs> um, but... Uh, well, first things first, like I said, the Bob Probert Invitational Tournament is two weeks old and I still have my notifications. There's still people complaining about it. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, and I, I mean, I beat again with the dead horse, I beat it to death and everything. But like I said, I, I read the notification and I'm reading it and it's just like, why? I don't know. Why do people focus on who's not in these tournaments? Why don't you just focus on who's on in them? You know, like, like I could, like I said before, I could understand if it was some egregious, like I didn't have Dave Brown in the tournament or, you know, a Tony Twist or something. Well, okay, I get where people would be like, what the fuck? But like, like I said, well, what was the other, uh, who was the, oh, Everett Santa Pass. Why isn't he in it? Or why isn't this guy or that guy or Dave Manson or whatever? And, and this one was, where's Fraser McLaren? Well, I mean, I like, I like all those guys. It wasn't that I didn't, it's, this isn't like 64 of my favorite guys. Well, I mean, you know, whatever. I like all the guys, but you know what I mean? This isn't some favorite thing or I'm, I didn't put him in because I don't like him. I, I never thought of it that way. I just, 
you have your standard guys that are going to be in every tournament, like the Barubis and the Twists and the Coasters. They're going to be in every every one of them. Like I said, this is the sixth Probert one that I've done. There's basically 40 guys that are sort of cemented in at all times, and then 24 that are sort of rotated in and out. And I'm pretty sure I had Fraser McLaren in one of them. Um, you know, so I can't, I can honestly say I never had Everett Santa Pass. <laughs> Nothing against Santa Pass. I like Everett Santa Pass, but like, yeah, come on. But, um, no, and it, but the thing with the McLaren one, it was funny. So the guy puts it in the enforcer or one of the groups. Who made this tournament and who and why? Where, no, first of all, where is Fraser McLaren and who actually made this? Question mark. And it's like, well, so I just replied. I'm like, well, I posted it, the bracket, and on the bracket, there's a giant fourth line voice logo on it. So probably me. Like, really? Like, I noticed he didn't reply. That was like a couple days ago. I noticed he hasn't replied. But it's like, again, I like Fraser McLaren, but. Was he going to be in the final against Dave Brown? No. So, you know, like I don't, why? I don't understand. And then the other pinhead that gets, that starts flapping his lips. He's like, where's Cam Neely? Cam Neely would have been in the final 10. Well, first of all, dipshit, it goes 4, 8, 16, not 10, but okay. You clearly know nothing about brackets, but. Cam Neely, you, you really think he's just going to wipe out 64 of the top enforcers of all time? Okay. And I mean, and I love Cam Neely. He's one of my, he's, him and Wendell and Talkett are like my three favorite players of all time. But, um, no. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, I had said that, and it was funny because the Neely thing has come up before. And they're like, well, you got Clark and Talkett in it. Well, yeah, they fought a lot more than Cam Neely did. Um, you know, especially talk it. And it's like, I'm not saying that they were tougher than Neely cause Neely hung with them and whatever, but it's just like, but again, neither of them are winning this th- tournament either. Um, so I mean, I don't know. Again, does it matter? Like, I don't know. It just, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. I don't, like I said, I, I don't know why people just can't have fun and focus on the 64 that are involved, but you know, whatever, here we are. Um, anyway, and I, as much as I bit, like I bitch about the tournament and everything else, uh, I always say I do it. I do it for the. I, I try to ignore the five percent and do it for the ninety-five percent that enjoy it. Um, and I honestly do it as well uh, to not only create content, uh, well, to create conversation, but to create content, and uh, it gets me an episode out of it, and um, which. In the podcast, in my podcasting world, when you're doing two shows a week, anytime something can create content for you to talk about, it's something good or something you want to do, or at least that I want to do. So um, coming up here, I don't have the dates exactly, but I am going to do, once again, the Minor League Mayhem Tournament, where it'll be 64 of the Minor League's toughest guys. Um, I have done, well, this will be the sixth one. It's I've done this as many times as I've done the Probert. So, um, this is actually, and I probably, admittedly, this is probably my favorite tournament that I do. Um, I've always been more of a minor league guy. Um, I'm, I'm heavily, I got to check into this, but I'm heavily leaning, putting this on Facebook. Um, but I have to check my settings and stuff because I, I don't know on my page if I can do a vote. I'm not sure. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how that works. I'm going to try to figure it out, but, uh, 
Yes, so pay attention. The 64 of the minor league's toughest guys will be coming up. And like I said, I always enjoy those. So that'll be uh, that'll be coming up. And I can't wait to hear all about the guys that I didn't put in it. But uh, um, like I said, I mean, that's always going to happen with people whining and bitching. Um, I always say I don't, it doesn't bother me all that much. But every once in a while, it's how it's worded irritates me sometimes. I could put up with the words, this, you know, whatever. But sometimes the way it's worded irritates me. And um, especially when in the thread I've already explained myself and I still have guys saying, where is this guy? Um, that it, it gets tiresome. But like I said, um, 95, 96, 7% of the people enjoy the tournaments and know what they're for. And and uh, and that's who I do it for. So. So be paying attention to the minor league mayhem tournament will once again be coming up here, uh, probably into the, probably the first week in October. Um, can you believe September is almost over? Isn't that nuts? Um, so be looking for that. But, um, yes, let's get into, um, as I said, with, uh, Chris's, uh, topics here of, uh, where do you rank blank in the all time greatest heavyweights list? And, and like I said, he, he put a number of guys down. And, um, and I will say before I get going into the, uh, the comments came up a couple times. It's like, why are you doing this? And why are we keep talking about, you know, and, and again, people just bitch to bitch, but I can appreciate Chris doing this stuff. Cause again, it's cause Chris and I, and a lot of the guys go back to the old fried chicken message board days from the early, from the late nineties and, uh, glass rattler and drop your, gl- or, uh, Oh, I can't remember the name. What, Rink Rat? I think that was the name of the site. And the very beginnings of Hockey Fight message boards. HockeyFight.com hadn't come out until, I don't know, about the mid-2000s. So these were the early pioneers of it. And um, like I said, I've often referenced fried chicken on the... If, for people wondering, fried chicken, what's this guy talking about? KFC? You know, fat boy likes his chicken? You know, no, I'm not talking about Colonel Sanders. Uh, for, for whatever... I never did find out the reason, but for whatever reason... The hockey fight message board was called Fried Chicken Hockey Fights. I don't know where Fried Chicken came from, but that's what it was called. So I refer to it as FC. If you're hearing me call FC, that's what I'm talking about. And um, it was the late 99, 98, 99 or whatever when I logged into that. And I discovered it for the the first time. And I just couldn't believe that there was this many guys um, that loved the fighting as much as I did. And And it was funny, amongst my group of friends... I guess I was sort of the fight guy. Like I was the guy that had the tapes and was really into it in the magazines and stuff. And like I had friends that obviously knew the guys and we'd have our goon draft that I talked about before. Shout out to Forrest and Thompson. I know you guys are listening. Trev, I hope you're doing well. And, uh, you know, and we'd do the draft and stuff and they were into it too, but like I got really deep into it. And, um, and so when I logged on to, FC and all of a sudden I see all of these guys. It was like, holy shit. Like this is like Nirvana, right? Like, you know, holy shit. I found it. Right. And, um, and Chris was one of those guys that was on the boards. And so I've talked to him for a long, long time. And like I said, I've had him on the show a couple of times. Good dude. Definitely. I'm going to have him back on. And in fact, he sent me a really great DVD because he's a Buffalo guy. He's in Buffalo. He sent me a really great DVD of the Rob Ray Tidomi feud has all their, all 14 fights on it. And he, so I'm just looking at it now. He sent me this like, this pamphlet, it's, I don't know how many pages it is. What is it? About 20 pages. And it's just like written out descriptions of the fights with pictures and everything else. And I mean, you know, um, yeah, I mean, you talk about thorough. Chris is the man. 
So um, the point, the reason I bring that up is because he and I have talked about we're de- we're going to do a, uh, an episode on the Domi Ray feud, and uh, and uh, and so that'll be coming up here in the in the fall. And um, yes, so anyway, I had Chris on. I've, I've had him on the show. Great guest. Anyway, he is all over these boards, and um, and he's a, actually he's a really really good uh, uh, writer. I enjoy his writing. Um, is, you know, his, his musings on the, on the, on the, uh, on the groups. And, um, I guess the point I was making is when people were kind of bitching, like, well, how many of these are you going to do? And whatever. It's like, well, okay. One, you don't have to comment if you don't want to, although some people feel the need to fucking comment on everything, but it's, I can appreciate what Chris is doing because, uh, well, not only is he giving me content, he did. He's not doing. He, I mean, I'm sure he didn't realize he was making content, but he is creating content for me. But um, that I'm completely stealing from him. But uh, um, he's creating conversation. And that's what these groups are all about. And um, and yeah, I mean, has the all time lists and top tens and everything else has that been beaten into the ground? Oh shit, it's been beaten into the ground. We're, at, we're it's beaten into powder at this point. But I mean, you know, what else are we gonna, t- you know? Everything old is new again, right? Um, there are some people that that joined the group last week and they've never been on a fight group before, so they've never discussed the top ten, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, if you've been around the groups forever, yeah, it's an old, tired subject, and you're kind of, oh god, here we go again, right? Okay, but those, that's not who this is for, and it, it's for the new, newer people and the younger generation to learn. Um, well, Harrison Harper, I go back to that. That's a perfect example. When I had Harrison on, we were talking, I mean, when was he born? Late 90s? Um, he was telling me he didn't know who Dave Brown was. And at first, I was like, what? You know, because, well, we were talking about the Probert thing with Brown winning. And I'm like, what? you don't know who Dave Brown, what do you mean? And I got to thinking, well, he was, he wasn't even, if he wasn't born yet, he was in diapers when Dave Brown retired. And, and then when he started getting into hockey, it was the two thought, why would he know who Dave Brown is? Now, granted, oh, well, just go on YouTube and look. Well, you need to know who someone is to go look them up. I mean, like I said, I'm sure he had, we didn't get in that. I'm sure he had heard the name and whatever and see people's lists. And this Dave Brown seems like tough or whatever, you know. But I'm sure he, point I'm making is he never like owned a fight DVD of Dave Brown's or anything. So he went down the YouTube rabbit hole after all of us talking about Dave Brown enough times. And he was just like, holy shit. Right. And he said, he's done that for a number of guys that I've talked about. Um, cause it's the younger generation. They don't know. And, and I find it's funny. Like I, I do the same thing when I'll, I'll be playing a fight DVD here, like clipping it off and uploading fights to my YouTube channel. There'll be some fights that I, I skip over because, oh, everyone's seen that. Well, I have to remember, no, they very few people have seen that. I mean, the fight nerds that from Fried Chicken or the guys that collected the tapes like myself and Chris and, um, you know, Tony and, uh, you know, Nikki and, 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 and Steve and all those guys. Okay, well, we've all seen that fight 10,000 times, but... The majority of people haven't, unless it was on a Don Cherry Rock'em Sock'em. How would they have seen it? And I, I didn't think of, I, I forget that some, a lot of times I forget that. I mean, it was a couple weeks back, I put up the famous, well, I call it, well, there, I just did it again. The famous Shane Sherlock Kevin Maguire fight. Well, most of the people that probably follow me on my Facebook page or don't know who either of those guys are. 
um, or they might have heard about Churl or whatever, but they had never seen the fight. And I had all these comments after I uploaded the fight. Holy shit, that was one of the best fights I've ever seen. That Churla guy's awesome. And I'm like, how do you not know who Shane Churla? Well, why again? Why would they? Like, so, and some like, well, all those fights are on YouTube. Well, again, if you don't know what to look up, why would you go look? If you don't know who Shane Churla is, you're not going to go look up his fights on YouTube, right? So, um, again, it, it was... it. When you're older, like I am, you forget, and you're and th- these guys don't own fight DVDs or they're you know or whatever. Well, you know they haven't seen it, so um, I have to be mindful of that sometimes, and I and I'm not. And uh, so it wouldn't. When, yeah, when Harrison said he didn't know who Dave Brown was, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then it was like, oh yeah, I guess why would you? So. Of course, at the same time, I probably have people saying, well, they mentioned some guy in the NHL. They're like, how do you not know who that guy is? I don't know. I'm not watching it. So, well, he's on YouTube. Well, again, I don't know who that is. So why would I go on YouTube to look at him? Um, uh, like, uh, well, a perfect example would be like Delorier that fights now. They're like, oh, yeah. I'm like, who? I'm like, how do you not know who he is? He leads the league in fights. It's like, well, I'm not watching. So I'm like, I, I don't know who that is. So I had to go onto YouTube and look him up. And, oh, okay. But meanwhile, the guy is saying, how the fuck do you, you do a hockey podcast? You don't know who the NHL fight leader is? It's like, well, I've seen his name, but I don't know any of his fights because I'm not watching, right? And again, why would I go look if I didn't know who he was? Again. So, you know, I can see it. I can, I understand that now. Anyway. Um, I'm, remember when I said circling and not making a point? Um, well, this is all, it's not really I'm making a point. It's more just that I guess the big picture of what I'm talking about. Um, for those bitching about Chris's topics, um, thank you, Chris. Keep doing them, and I and I really hope if you're a member of these groups um, that you would contribute and throw out your opinion. And um, and that's all it is. Um, again, when it comes into this, you're going to get assholes that troll. Um, the other thing that I did discover in my years on the fight fight groups, when I first logged on, like I said, I thought I knew a lot. And, uh, and I did okay, but you start reading and it's like, oh, you start realizing there's guys that know way more than you do. And, um, but then you also discover as time goes on and you, and I started collecting the footage and getting, cause up till then, what have I seen? I've seen whatever happened to be on our highlights on our news channel and Don Cherry tapes and, and the couple and the dozen fight tapes I had. That was all I knew. So I couldn't tell you about the fight. Like, I knew Probert and Cox from the Don Cherry one, the second round, but I had never seen the first one until I got a VCR tape of it, right? So, you know, but meanwhile, these guys were all talking about, like, whoever, Jonathan and whatever, Winsick and Fatio and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I I knew the names. I knew who they were talking about, but I had never seen that footage um, until I got videos and stuff. Um, but it was, my point is, the, it was funny as the years went on, there were certain guys like original members on the boards and everything else that were sort of looked up to and everybody sort of thought, oh, these guys like really know their shit and whatever. And after I got the tapes and I started watching shit and I started doing some investigating on my own and doing some reading and stuff, you start realizing that a lot of these guys are full of shit and don't really know what they're talking about. They kind of do, but they don't know, no, they don't know anywhere near what they think they do. And the, and I found a good majority of them 
don't know anything outside of the NHL. They don't know anything about the minors. They don't know anything. <coughs> Maybe a little bit about the minors, but they know nothing about junior hockey in Canada. So, I mean, which is whatever. I mean, why, again, why would they, it's not a, they're down in the States of New York. Why would they know about somebody in Swift Current? You know, I get it. But it was funny that these guys that are sort of would looked up to after you saw the footage, you're like, what is this guy talking about? Like, and then you start realizing, oh, well, these guys are just giant fanboys, you know, and they can't, and and it's, it, I've always, and I, I beat this topic to death on this show, but I'm always amazed at grown adults that cannot look at the big picture or be objective. They just have fanboy blinders on like they're eight years old and, and my guy rules and your guy drools, you know, like it's literally like kindergarten and it's like, really? And it's like, well, the myth of the Dave Manson thing is a perfect example, but, um, but just in general, like even in these comments where, um, Chris is talking about certain guys, I, I'm amazed at how people get hung up on one episode in their career and they forever hold that against a guy. And it's like, well, like perfect example, we'll get into it. Like the first guy that, that Chris throws up is Eric Karens. Where does he rank? Well, right away, the, the first, uh, bunch of the con- glass jaw. Yeah, couldn't take a punch. Well, and you're right. Early on, when he was at the Rangers, he couldn't, and he did have a bunch of big losses, and it was certainly suspect that his jaw, especially for a guy that big. But he came back with the Islanders and came back with a vengeance, and ended up being a top guy for a bunch of years. And it's like, did you not? Clearly, you didn't see that part of his career. Oh no, overhyped. He was nothing. Okay, like, see, and this point I'm trying to make is, are you just, at this point, just being a homer? Or just being a troll idiot? Um, you know, and then you go and look, oh, he's a, you know, whatever fan, a Toronto fan. Well, okay, because Karen's dropped course and that's why you're, you don't like him? Like, it's just shit like that. It's like, sometimes that's why the comment section can get um, uh, really annoying you know, and it's like, again, it's all opinions, so there really isn't, there truly isn't a right or wrong answer to these. But at the same time, there's, like, stupid. And it's like, one guy's like, he's not even close to the top hundred. Like, what do you, like, are you just, why? Like, go away. If you're just be stupid, then just go away. Like, I get, you don't have to like him. That's fine. I'm going to get to a very unlikable character here right away. But it's like, okay, you don't like him. That's fine. But how about you put your put your adult pants on, be a big boy, put the, you know, get out of the sandbox and be an adult here with some objectivity. Like, stop being an idiot and, and we'll talk. And now, I'm not saying you have to put them in your top ten because the rest of us are. No, I'm not saying that. But this, it's not even close. Like, stop being stupid. Or if you, and you clearly don't know, and I've, like I said, like I was saying before, there's a lot of guys that like to fancy themselves as air quote big fight fans who don't know their fucking ass from a hole in the ground when it comes to this shit. And like I said, they get hung, they're just, all they are are just fanboys. They don't know anything outside of Boston, Chicago, or New York, you know, and, uh, and they get hung up on just bullshit. And it amazes me how people get hung up on it and, uh, or they, they bought into some myth. 
like, well, Chara here, big Mr. Chara retired and, you know, had a great career, Hall of Fame career, whatever. But the amount of people that think Chara was some great fighter is just mind-boggling to me. And it's like, okay, well, what makes you say that? Oh, I get it, because every time he fights, when you listen to the announcers, the announcers tell you how great of a fighter he is. Well, they're also hired by the Bruins, so what else are they going to say? But it's like, when you actually go back onto YouTube and do some research and go and watch all of Chara's fights, you realize he's the shits at fighting. He is. He was terrible. Like, in terms of fighting heavyweights, no. As soon as they would start anything, he'd bail. Again, this is a topic I've talked about a million times. But I'm not, and it's not because, oh, Darren just says that because he doesn't like Chara, or he's, he doesn't like the Bruins. No, has nothing, I don't give a shit about any of this. I'm, I'm, I've always said with this show, when you listen to this, you're getting the most, uh, neutral show that you can imagine. I'm not a fan of anything. It does, like, if you're, if you do something stupid, I'll call you on it, whether I like you or not, whatever. And, I have given it, I, I like to think I give everyone a, a fair deal and I can see things for what they are. I'm like, I'm objective. It doesn't matter to me. Like if Chara went and knocked everyone out, I'd be like, yeah, he's one of the best ever, but he didn't. And if you go back and look at his fights, tell me I'm lying. Watch as soon as the guy starts punching him, he slips, air quote. You know, in fact, and I, I've said that before, and then it got validated by George LaRock and John Scott when LaRock was on Scott's show. They talked about that exact thing, and they both said, oh, yeah, as soon as you start punching him, he bails. Well, there you go. There's two guys that were NHL enforcers saying it. You know, and I was saying that long before they were on that show. So, yeah, but once again, oh, Darren's full of shit because he doesn't like the Bruins. Oh, okay, buddy. You know, okay, B's fan. You know, it's like, no, I'm telling, I'm just telling you how it is from what I, and like I said, all this stuff's on YouTube. So as we go on here, and I'm talking about these certain guys, all this shit's on YouTube. It's not like I'm just making this shit up because I remember one, this one time in band camp. Like, no. Oh, I was there. I was along. The, you weren't there. You don't know. Well, it was also 38 years ago. You're tell, I can't remember what I had for supper last night, you know, but you're going to tell me about a fight. I used to laugh on fried chicken when they would talk about, they'd describe a fight from like 1974. They were there with their dad. I remember it was a snow day and I stayed home from school. My dad and I went to the game and uh, yeah, Nikki Fatio and so-and-so were in the corner and they dropped the gloves and Nick grabbed him and uh, ducked down and he threw a left. Then he re-grabbed and threw a, what are you talking about? It was like 50 years ago. Are you shitting me? Like, you don't remember. You might like, in your mind, you've built this up that that's what happened. And then it would be funny. They'd do a fight description or whatever. Then all of a sudden you'd see the fight from the, you'd trade for a tape and get the fight. You'd be, what the fuck fight was this guy talking about? You know, it's completely different, you know. But I think some people just build shit up in their minds and they're just so, that's how it was. And it's like, no, that's not how it went at all. But let me guess, you're a Ranger fan, you're a big Fatio fan, and blah, 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 right? Oh, okay. You know, whatever. And it's like, I always said, history's revisionist, right? So, yeah, and I, and again, it's, it's funny how people get hung up on that sort of thing, but, you know, that's the way we are. But, um, yeah, so I mean, Eric Karen's, um, now, I, I'll just, I'll go by top 20. Would I put him in my top 20? Eh, if I did, it would be 1920 around there. But no, I probably wouldn't. But he'd be close. He'd be around. He certainly isn't in the top 100, you know. Like, no, he'd be in the, you know, he'd be within 35, I think. Um, but yeah, big guy, learned to use a size, got a chin, and uh, he was he was solid. I mean, um, yeah, no doubt about it. And and again, I encourage people to go back and uh, and, and, and check him out because... 
yeah, he, he, it was night and day. It, he, he really was. He grew into it and, uh, he did great. Uh, the next guy he talks about was Jim McKenzie and McKenzie's a really interesting study. Um, you know, and I know this drives Tony nuts when people say underrated, but, um, I, I, again, this goes back to the fight collecting thing. For all of us that collected fight DVDs and tapes and were in the hobby and watched everything, he isn't underrated. We all know, we all know how good Jim McKenzie is. But to outside people, just to the casual fight fan and, and stuff like that, I think he does fly under their radar. And, um, my biggest gripe with McKenzie always was he was too nice and I wish he was meaner. But yeah, big guy had all the tools, could switch hands seamlessly. You saw that when he fought Twist, he dummy Twist a couple times. Um, but again, he'd have a guy in a tough spot and he'd let him off, right? Because he was just a nice guy and whatever. But had a great career, Stanley Cup champ. Um, uh, I've talked to him on social media a few times, nice guy. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of McKenzie. I would have him in my top 20. And uh, yeah, he's, he was a legit bad dude. And, uh, again, another guy that, um, and it was funny, every once in a while he did snap and get really mad as Daryl Sador or Bob Sweeney, uh, go watch those ones. Yeah, he snap shows. Um, and I, I kind of say sometimes I wish that that was the Jim McKenzie we could always see because that would have been a pissed off McKenzie in the NHL would have been interesting for sure. Um, the next one, of course, and this one, this one probably brought, and it's always will bring the most comments is Brashear. And I will always say with Brashear, I don't, I was never a Brashear fan. Um, but I will, I, I have him in my top 10 for sure. Probably my top, maybe top five. Maybe, if, yeah, yeah, maybe, but top 10 for sure. Um, again, it, it pains me to say it, but again, I can put on my big boy pants and, uh, and admit that. And, um, yeah. And, and again, it's interesting when you bring him up the comments. There's stuff that sort of gets ingrained because every, there's like a hundred and some comments and 40 of them are huggy bear and some stupid shit like that. And it's like, again, and then the one guy, um, oh, he backpedaled for Probert once or no. Yeah. He's been called a fake fighter. McSorley put the lumber to him for a reason. He always ran from Probert. Some of the worst fights ever fought. Tough guys scared. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Ran from Probert. He fought Probert like 10 times, like, and beat him a bunch of times. So I don't know what you're talking about. In Montreal, when he was a rookie, yeah, he did some backpedaling from Probert, but okay, whatever. But again, that's what I talk about. Oh, that, so from then on, oh, he's just the shits. Yeah, never mind. He played 14 seasons after that. We're going to go by a rookie brush here and he ran away, you know, and it's just like, oh God, you know, and fought scared and he fought everybody. Um, um, like somebody said with, uh, there's probably the hate for Brashear because he probably kicked the shit out of their favorite guy, which is probably true. Um, I know there's a, there's a lot of people that get, like I said, get hung up on the, on the, the, the huggy bear thing and all that. Yeah. I mean, he'd fight his fight and he would fight in close, but he would separate and throw punches and he really came into his own in Vancouver. Um, he basically went a handful of years without losing a fight and you go and watch his, his run in Philly and in Washington, he was awesome. And, uh, and he's great in Vancouver as well. And it's like, you could say, again, you can say whatever you want about him. Oh, and I don't like, he didn't do this and oh, blah, blah, blah. And well, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and the only thing actually with Chris that him and I actually kind of argued about this is he's, he's really, 
he never liked, well, I get it, he didn't like brush here, whatever, but he didn't like the hand wiping thing, and he thought it was really, really bush league and all that, and, and he kind of, oh, it's way worse than the belt and the speed bag thing. I'm like, well, I don't know. That, to me, that's all kind of the same shit. Um, um, the thing with Brashear, and somebody brought up the DeVries when he sucker punched him. Well, DeVries started that whole thing. So Brashear sort of fixed that. Um, and the thing with McSorley and, oh, well, McSorley wouldn't have hit him in the head if Brashear had given him the fight. Well, he'd already beat up Marty how many times? And again, I love Marty, but I mean, to defend the stick in the head, it's like, no. Like, no, <laughs> it, it, that was ridiculous. Um, now I get why Marty was mad. He wanted his rematch and Brashear had been mocking all night and whatever. And, and it's a pride thing. And I get all that. I get why, I get why it happened. It shouldn't have happened, but I get why it happened. And basically Marty should have just jumped him and dropped his shit, started punching him that never get, lose the stick, you know, but whatever. Um, but it happens. Um, the thing with Brashear, I will say, not only was he important, but he was the bad guy. He was the villain, and he was willing to play the villain role. And you, you, one of those things, you hate him. When you're watching, you hate him, and you want somebody to get him. So, and that was Brashear to a T. And, and I get why people don't like him. And yeah, he did do some greasy shit. I know Colt Nor on the Fight Stories podcast has talked about Brashear always wanting to fight at the end of his shift and whatever. And well, that was Colt Nor's experience with him. But then, of course, you read the comments here. And oh, he always fought guys at the end of their shift. Oh, okay. Cause, cause Colt Nor said that. Like, really? That's what we're going to do. I saw a lot of Brashear fights off the face off too. So come on, you know, but like I said, people get, oh, I heard. Well, that was one guy's experience. You know, you think Colt Nor never caught anybody at the end of their shift? Mm, you know, it's, you know, whatever. But Brashear did fight on his own terms and what, you know, I, is that, I, I would actually think that's sort of smart. Would it not be fighting on your own terms? It kind of sounds like a smart idea to me. Um, but again, I get the whole Brashear hate thing, but at the same time, I think, um, you know, you got to get the devil as due. And now, a message from our sponsors. The NFL action is in full swing here at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day, all season long. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Lately, with work being as busy as it's been, I've spent a lot of time catching up on my podcast, my Jim Cornette, my Five for Fighting podcast, and it's been great. You know why? one of the reasons why it's been great? Because I've been using my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for that perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable, and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons give you an 8 hours of playtime, as well as a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of the other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons Everyday Earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. 
noise isolation, awareness mode. You know, I, I wear them at work when I'm kind of getting in and out of the truck. Also, when I'm in the shop, they're perfect. So go to Raycon.com slash THPN today and get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 50% off. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Yeah, Cor- John Cordick was another one he talked about. I wouldn't have him in my top 20. Um, unfortunately, career got cut short. You know, everybody knows why. Died at 27. Um, and I think other than first coming into the league with Montreal, that was the best John Cordick we saw. And at that point, he's a rookie. So, And you're going to have growing pains as a rookie. So we never saw a prime Cordick. You know, because with the issues off the ice and everything else, 27 sort of when you're into your prime, and that's unfortunately when he passed away. So um, we never saw a prime John Cordick. Uh, what we did see was very good um, when he was with uh, Montreal and briefly with Toronto <clears throat> and was playing. Um, yeah, machine gun left hand and, and everything else. Um, good chin and... Yeah, it would have been interesting if you know if we if he could kind of harness that and get straightened out and play another ten years uh, and play into those prime late twenties, early thirties. What a primed up, in shape John Cor- clear eyed John Cordick could would have done would have been really interesting. Um, but yeah, um, again, somebody oh well, he did a hundred mile backpedal against Probert. He wanted nothing to do with Bob because I know in Cordick's book they talked about he was scared of Probert. Well. Bob Probert said John Cordick was scared of him. I don't know if he really was. Again, you look at all the guys Cordick fought. Do you really think he's scared of Probert? What would you be... like? I don't mean this as a slight to Bob Probert, but in all seriousness, what would you be scared of Bob Probert for? Like, you'll fight Brown or Coaster at all these guys, but you'd be scared of... Well, those guys hit a lot harder than Probert did. Now, Probert had a few KOs and everything else, but it's like, you know... I, do you think other enforcers were scared of him? It's like, no... They weren't, and and I'm not doing. I'm not saying this to disparage John Cordick or anything else. But at the, at the end of the day, with his lifestyle, it was the truth. Do you think a steroided, coked up John Cordick would be scared of anything? <laughs> like, what, what are you talking about? Like, no, you know. And this is when he was in Toronto, all geared up. Do you really think he's scared of Probert? Like, no. Come on, stop talking stupid. Now, when you watch the backpedaling and the and the long square off. Well, watch what they're doing. And if you know anything about the way Cordick fights, he cross-grips and he's left-handed. Well, that's what he's trying to do with Probert. He's trying to... You watch the... I'm not... Again, I'm not just saying this because I'm some Cordick fanboy. You watch the fight. He's angling himself to cross-reach. If you watch any Cordick fights, that's what he does. He reaches with his right. He crosses. Well, he's trying to do that to Probert, but Probert keeps angling away from it because Probert knows what he's trying to do. Well, that's what he's doing. He's not backpedaling because he's scared. He's trying to get hand position on him and a good square off because they grab and separate again because he didn't get a good grab. Well, Prober's trying to do the same thing. So it's like, oh, stop with it. Or he backpedaled because he was scared. Like, oh, stop. Again, stupid talk. Why are we talking stupid? You know, no. And then I, I couldn't believe it, especially for that time period. Then they finally engage and start swinging and the refs come in. It's like, well, what the, you know, I know they squared off for a long time, but I mean, how do you jump in there and break that up? I mean, what are we doing? But, uh, yeah, we lost, we didn't get to see the best of John Cordick for sure. Um, Ty Domi was another one he talked about. Again, um, the, the, it, you mentioned Ty Domi, polarizing figure. Um, I would have him in my top 20 for sure. He's the NHL's all-time fight leader. And again, as soon as you mentioned Domi, oh, here come the Flyer guys putting out, oh, a game against Philly when he ran from Barubi and McCarthy. 
okay, well, he had 300 fights, so, you know, but that one night, that one night, oh, that just did it for me. I just can't even rank him. Okay, well, way to be objective and a grown-up about things. Because this one time, you know, oh, and then Yabo Niedermeyer. Okay, well, Niedermeyer cross-checked him in the face earlier in the series, so. And Niedermeyer as known as a dirty shit. Ask around. Um, I know a few guys that hated Scott Niedermeyer. Um, so, I'm, again, I'm not saying a flying elbow is deserved, but it, it wasn't without merit. Um, again, um, yeah, the flyer thing, I don't know what Domi was doing with that. I can't defend it. I don't know what he was doing. Has anybody ever asked Domi? Has he ever said why? I'd like to know. If I met him, I'd like to ask. But again, to hold that against the guy who's the NHL's all-time fight leader, fought everyone, is that, oh, this one time in Philadelphia, that's why I can't rank him. Well, you're an idiot. So, you know, again, everyone has their less than shining moments. You know, I can remember when Probert didn't drop them with, when he didn't drop them after being clearly challenged by Fatio twice. Remember the night in Winnipeg when Cronin wanted to? Because Probert was scared. You know, stupid I'd sound if I said that on a message board. Probert didn't fight Cronin that night because he was scared. Yeah, exactly. You, you look like an idiot. So when you type that shit, you look like an idiot. So was Ty... Well, Ty Domi wouldn't be scared of Berube and McCarthy because he fought those guys a bunch of times already. So I don't know what his issue was in Philly or what happened. It, yeah, it was a bad look. But am I going to hold that against Ty Domi's 1,000-game career and 300 fights? No, stop being stupid. Um, yeah, we'll just do a couple. Well, Craig Berube, there's another guy. Um, again, I think he's second all-time in fights. Played forever, fought everybody. Great fight card. Um, yeah, top 10, I don't know. I don't think so. I'd put him in my top 20, though. Um, I'm a huge Berube fan. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. Uh, I was going to say he never got dropped, but Law's got him there with that big uppercut. Um, other than that, I don't remember Berube, like, well, I mean, Lyndon Byers, well, the one guy said, yeah, well, Lyndon Byers kicked his ass, almost ended him. Or no, Berube was never the same after the Byers fight. It was like, what? That was like his sixth fight in the NHL. He he, you know, come on, man. He played a thousand games after that. He had like 270 fights after the buyers fight. So, oh God, where did these people come up with this shit? But you know, before that guy said that on the message board and got told by about five guys, what the fuck are you talking about? He has carried that around for 15 years that Craig Berube was never the same after the buyers fight. He's probably said that to his friends in the basement. You know, and it's just like, oh, God. like I said, people get hung up on shit, and it's ama- it's amazing to me what people get hung up on. Um, yeah, the one last one, McSorley. Um, again, when I say enforcer, I always say being a great enforcer is different than being a great fighter. Um, he'd probably be my best enforcer of all time. Um, in terms of fighting, he'd be in my top ten. I had Mar- I think when I did my top ten, I had Marty at about eight or so. Again, outstanding fight card, played forever, great longevity. Um, I don't really remember him getting really wiped out at all. I mean, he lost a few. I think, I know Jim, of all people, Jim Corn caught him. Um, he had a few, like, but overall, guy was a monster and did it forever. And I mean, and again, well, after the brochure thing, uh, I couldn't, he broke too many codes. Well, that has nothing to do with his fighting prowess. And the thing with the stick, yeah, when brochure was brutal. He played 900 games before that. Won two Stanley Cups before that. Maybe look at that. I mean, I know the Brashear thing was brutal, and I'm not I'm not forgiving Marty for that. Yeah, it was Bush League and whatever. And Marty had a history of stick shit, and he was mean. 
at the same time, that's why I always say he was the best enforcer. But the but the thing with Brashear was brutal, and I get it why people don't like it. But um, you know, but you know, to all of a sudden hold that against him for the other nine hundred games of his career, and oh, I can't rank him. Oh, I broke the code too many times. I love. Yeah, I saw that one a whole bunch of times. I can't rank this guy because he broke the code. Oh God. Okay. Well, they all did. I hate to break it to you. Everybody before like two thousand and ten did. So you know. If that's going to be your logic, then I guess your top 10 of all time is going to be DeLaurier and Reeves and everybody who fucking bum hugs and, and bro hugs after. Because these guys all broke the code. So stick your code up your ass. And There was no code. I'll say that again. I've said it a thousand times. I'll say it again. There was no code. I never heard that term until the message boards in the mid-2000s is when I first heard it. Being around rinks my entire life, around hockey players my entire life, I never heard anybody ever... The code. What the fuck are you talking about? You know, I talked to play, I talked to people that played in the 80s and the 90s on my show, you know, about the code. They're like, I don't know what that means. Um, I, unwritten rules? Yeah, every, every sport's got unwritten rules, but uh, yeah... The co- I always said the code isn't what people think it is, but I always say I'd like to have a giant episode on the code and get a bunch of different guys because I think that would be actually kind of an interesting sort of uh, debate. But um, here I said I'm going to look at condensed and I'm at 53 minutes. So, um, well, a couple more things here: the myth versus reality. Um, as I said, as the weeks have gone on here and the Probert thing and everything else and. And it's forever been a topic on the message board because a certain Chicago fanboy uh, would always bring him up. Was oh, Dave Manson's a top ten fighter of all time in this stupid talk, um, which is absolutely ridiculous. And oh, his stare scared people. Oh, okay, um, and I, I say this wholeheartedly as a Dave Manson fan. I like Dave Manson, um, and I always say with the myth versus reality, we're going to be objective and I'm going to look into it and do some research. I'm not just, well, there's one time I remember, no, no, I went on YouTube and looked it up and I, I reviewed his fight card, much like I did with Chara and a bunch of the guys that I talked about earlier. Um, th- with Dave Manson and I, anytime you bring him up, he's on the, well, on the old message boards, old, this John's, the Chicago guy had, Basically just turned Manson's name into mud and pissed off so many people with his stupid Chicago fandom, like to the point of embarrassing obsession. It's, it really is embarrassing. And to this day, I see him on these Facebook groups. He hasn't changed in 25 years. He's still fanboy and it's embarrassing. A grown adult and he just can't get out of his own way. But, uh, yeah, so there's no talking sense. There's no sense. Can't talk anything to that guy. He's, that's why I blocked him. He's an idiot. And, and I hope he's listening to this. John, grow up. You're like 50 years old. It's embarrassing. Um, but the number of, but there's a lot of guys that just really think that Manson is just this crazy great fighter. And oh, yeah, no, he deserves to be in that all time talk. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, so I went and looked up Dave Manson. And I will tell you, if you do a deep dive on Dave Manson, I, and I, this is no slight, like I said, I'm a Manson guy, and this is no slight to him, but it's a bunch of fucking nothing. When you look up his fights, they're terrible. And it's like, no, no, it's top 10. Are you shitting me? He's not even in the top 50. Like, 
and I'm not saying this to be like I'm trying to, oh, this is my savage hot take and everything else, and I'm trying to create all this controversy. It's like, no, he was not. He was a middle-of-the-road, tough, gritty defenseman that would hit and, like, get dirty and was unpredictable, without a doubt. And he was actually a lot better. The like, first-round pick, the guy played in an all-star game. The guy was a good player. Skilled D-man, he had a, but he did have a, a temper, and he would do some cheap shit. But in terms when it came down to fighting, like, he had he fought some names, but it was just like, no. It's not like he was knocking these guys out. The only big knockout, and it wasn't even, it was a TKO, was uh, Basil McRae. And I mean, again, nothing against Basil or anything, but last time I checked, he wasn't in anybody's top 10 or anything. Like, he wasn't some, like, he doesn't have that big bunch of signature wins against the Proberts and Coasers and all that of the world. Like, no. when he And he did fight Probert and Coaser, but I mean... Never threw any punches, hung on for dear life, and didn't throw anything. And it's just like, yeah, like I said, when I when I went back through his career, um, I have the I have the stats here, and I think it would, you know, like I said, when you start looking into things, I think it, it surprises people. Like, um, yeah, I mean, he came up in eighty six, eighty seven. He had four fights, and it's like. Steve Richmond, Joe Coaster, Gino Cavallini, and Doug Smith. Okay, well, that's not really the makings of... And that was in 63 games. So it's not like... He's, oh, he's a big heavyweight fighter. Four fights, and Coaster was the only guy. And with that fight, he hung on to Coaster for dear life. Again, I went on... All these fights are on YouTube. Go look them up. I'm not just saying this because I'm trying, I'm trying to prove a point that he wasn't... No, I'm not lying. They're all on YouTube. And, uh, and again, I, I didn't go look up his, oh, well, he, t- he took a round out of Gino Cavallini. Well, okay, right on. But that's not, that's not helping your case as he was some big heavyweight fighter. I looked up his fights versus the heavyweights, the stuff that was on YouTube. Um, the next year, 87, 88, played 54 games. He had 11 tilts. Uh, pretty good card. McGuire, Zemlak, McG- uh, Basil McRae three times. That was the year he dropped Basil. Joe Patterson, Paul Coffey, Joe Reeky, Mike Felino, Mike Allison, Craig Duncanson, and Brian Sutter. Again, um, is that really heavyweight fighting material? No. Um, 88-89, that's the year he had 352 penalty minutes, had 16 fights. You know, Curran, Dave Barr, Frawley. Uh, David Bruce, Craig Cox, Perry Anderson, Maley, Nil, Probert, Pavise, Coaster, McCraig, and him and Basil had a real rivalry going. Danico, Churla, Tenorti, Tori Robertson, Gallant, and Poblinski. Again, some tough kind of middleweight grinder guys, but, you know, um, his fight with Probert, um, really wasn't anything. I mean, I, I know certain guys will hang their hat, like that was his big signature win with Probert. Oh, he hung on to Probert's right arm like it was going out of style, and they just wrestled and a couple side punches. Again, if you want to give him the win, okay, you know, whatever. But no, there was no damage done either way. It was just wrestling, and then he pulled him down and whatever. And it's like, you know, the Basil McRae fights starts off strong with Basil throwing, but Basil comes back on him. Probably call it a draw again, whatever. And then 89, 90, 59 games, 11 tilts. Nylon with a nothing fight. Keith Crowder, he jumps. Twist, oh, oh, twist, he took twist. He pulls twist off balance and throws one punch in the back of his head. Like, 
again, whatever, John McIntyre, Coaster. This first fight with Scott Stevens is when Stevens was with Washington. It's some friggin' wrestling match, nothing, and then Manson throws his helmet, or hits Manson, or Manson hits Stevens with his helmet when the refs are in between them. I'm like, okay. Fights Probert again, again, holds on for dear life, nothing happens. Dave Hanna, like, again, it's like, you know, and then 90-91, seven tilt, shoe bottom, nothing, he falls down. Ojik, nothing. Robert Dirk, nothing. McSorley, again, Marty just punches him and they fall down. Talk it, Chris King. The big fight with Scott Stevens that everybody hypes up. And, oh, he busted Stevens open. Oh, again, who said Scott Stevens was this big all-time heavyweight fighter? He was just a tough, gritty defenseman like Manson was. You know, so, like, your your signature wins in Manson's career are a TKO of Basil McRae and he bloodied Scott Stevens. So that somehow gives him all-time top 10 status. What are we talking about? Like, and even if you go back and watch the fight with Stevens, it's over. Again, go watch the fight. Take the Chicago announcers out of it. Watch it on mute. Because if you listen to Pat Foley, Dave Manson's, you know, can walk on water and the the killer of man. And all the fights, oh, you don't want to get Manson mad. Which I'm sure all the little Chicago fanboys get that subliminally in their head whenever time Manson fight. Well, Pat said you don't want to get him mad. Like, okay, go watch the fights. It's a bunch of wrestling. Like, Manson, for a big guy, seatbelt the majority of people he fought. And like I said, the Stevens fight, they both swing and land a couple and again yeah Manson cut him but you know whatever cuts happen but it wasn't like he dropped him or beat his oh yeah no he destroyed Stevens like no fuck no he didn't like you can hate Steve again you can hate Scott Stevens all you want whatever go watch the fight seriously go watch it again get the announcers out of your head put mute on don't let them sway your opinion and just watch it on mute seriously that's like that's an ass kicking like really okay um, yeah, and then gets traded to Edmonton, 91-92, he has five tilts, Mameso, Odgers, Caulfield, McDermott, Odgers again, again, nothing fights, wrestle, 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 92-93, two fights against Diddick and King, again, nothing fights, actually, the fight with King's not bad, but they both kind of hit each other and whatever, um, you know, and then they're, uh, you know, 93, 94, he fights Otto. And then 94, 95, two more tilts, but that's the lockout. And he fights Tim Hunter and Dodie Wood. Again, a bunch of wrestling, and they fall down. 95, 96, one tilt versus John McClain. Again, so this is the big, scary Dave Manson had one fight that year against John McClain. Like, you know, and then he gets traded to Phoenix. Four fights, Deadmarsh, Potomsky. The fight with Barry Potomsky is not bad. Um, Zemlak, Todd Harvey, Odeline, again bunch of nothing like these fights aren't they suck they just wrestle and fall down like he doesn't throw any punches 97 98 no fights 98 99 with montreal and we went back to chicago six fights domi reichel Audgers, barnaby and scatchard again the fights with domi you not know, he sucks he holds on the fight with barnaby's not bad actually i think barnaby kind of catches him and drops him at the end of the fight just a, not knocks him out or anything, but like Barnaby landed the best punch. Um, you know, 99, 2000, Chicago and Dallas, he had one fight in the playoffs versus Sean Brown. Then he's with Toronto. And in the preseason, in the 2000, 2001, Toronto, he's with the preseason. He fights Martin LaPointe, who apparently, uh, Manson bit on the hand. Uh, and he had to go get a tech, LaPointe had to go get a tetanus shot. 
Um, Manson claims that LaPointe was trying to stick his fingers in his eyes, so he bit him. So, okay, well, so obviously the first time they played each other, the regular season, they, they had a fight. It wasn't a bad fight. They went back and forth. It wasn't bad. Then he fights Nazarov, and that fight sucked, and then Surrey. You know, and then his final fight, 0102 with, with Dallas, he fights Reed Lowe, and that's a bunch, that fight's a bunch of nothing. Holds on and falls down. Again, so that fight card that I read you, um, you know, so 1100 games played, 390 points, 2700 penalty minutes. Playoffs, he had 112 playoff games, 31 points, 340 minutes. Had a, had a grand total of 80 career fights, according to hockeyfights.com. Um, again, uh, you heard the list that I just read off. Does that sound like the list of a heavyweight killer? Uh, no. And then when you go and watch the fights, they're boring as shit. I said, I sent a text to actually Joe Lazito last night. And I said, you know what? When you sit down and go through Manson, like do a deep dive into Dave Manson's fights, that is a bunch of smoke and mirrors if there ever was any. Like it's a bunch of nothing. It really is. And, you know, and again, I'm not saying this to slight Dave Manson. I like the way he played. He was gritty. He was mean. He would fight these, like he did fight. I mean, Probert and Coaster and McRae. And I mean, it wasn't like I'm calling him a pussy and he hid. Like, no. I mean, towards the end of his middle and towards the end of his career, I guess if these teams sign you to play tough and clear out the front of the net and you don't have to fight, then you know, why would you fight? I mean, good on you, right? Getting a couple million and you don't have to tilt? Okay. I mean, I don't blame the fucking guy, but at the same time, I'm not going to turn around and say, oh, it's because nobody wanted to fight him. He had that stare, you know, like certain Chicago people like to say. He had a stare that scared people. No, he didn't. Yeah, he had a stare. He might have scared, like, the Valerie Zellapukins of the world, but do you think Dave Manson scared Tony Twist or... Kelly Chase or Probert or Coaster, like, no, <laughs> no, and, but when he fight them, like I said, he would just hold on and seat belt, and, like, the fights were really boring, and it was funny, the one guy I was talking to, he goes, well, I always liked this fighting stuff, because he was really aggressive, I don't know what the fuck fights you're watching, aggressive, who, oh, yeah, he was aggressive against John McClain and Keith Crowder, he really opened up against them, not that I have a problem with those guys. Actually, Crowder kind of charged at him. I didn't. I don't blame Manson for beating the shit out of him. But Manson obviously wouldn't pick us. He didn't give a shit. He just he'd punch the fuck out of you. I, okay, I can. That's why I said I like Manson. I completely agree with that. If you're acting like an ass, he's gonna get you. I had no problem with that. It wasn't like oh, I don't like. I, it's against the code. Like no, Manson wasn't buying any code bullshit, which I completely I could appreciate. Um, but at the same time, yeah, he was ultra aggressive against guys that he could beat up. You know. That's like the time. Well, Probert was really aggressive against Roenick. Well, you know, okay. You know, so. But anyway, I encourage anybody out there to, if you're a Manson fan, that's fine. Whatever, so am I. I am. Um, Take the blinders off and go watch the fights that I'm talking about. They're on YouTube. Like I said, everything's on YouTube. It's not like this is just fiction that I pulled out of the air. I went and watched all the fights. I got the papers right here. I wrote it down as I was watching. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to circle his wins. And it's like, I just got wrestling. Nothing. A couple punches each. Nothing. Like that's, yeah, like you said, he'd throw a couple to the side of the head. They'd throw a few to the side of the head, pull down. Okay, well. But again, I mean, if you're a big Dave Manson fanboy like some people. Oh, Dave landed five to his three. Big win, Dave. Okay, yeah, all right. We're going to be a child about it. Like, no. Was Dave Madsen a heavyweight fighter? No, not at all. Um, he was just a gritty, tough defenseman that had a very long career, great career. 
and knew his role and wouldn't take any shit, but heavyweight fighter he was not. So that is my myth versus reality on Dave Manson. So there we are, folks. Um, I don't really know what this episode has really brought you. It's more just, I guess, we're, I'm filling time while you're in your cubicle or on your jog, like, uh, like some people uh, have told me that they do. Um, I have one final story for you here. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry about that. We're back. Um, yeah, well, before we wrap up, I will tell you my Seinfeld-esque story. Um, you guys might not find it. It struck me funny anyway. I guess it might have been one of these you-had-to-be-there things. But um, anyway, as I said, I work in the Environmental Services Department um, for the city here. And uh, anyway, uh, it was it was kind of a different type of uh, exercise. I had to come out with two people. They're from... Um, it was like logistics, um, mapping and stuff. And basically we were going over, um, in the, in the downtown area about where placements of certain, uh, garbage cans and benches and that type of thing go. And, um, they were out there and they had a computer program, they a computer program that they have and they scan it like almost like a barcode, like a, you know, like when you're at the grocery store or whatever. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, it was their computer. I don't know about their computer system. I'm not quite sure. I, I know a little bit about how it works. But anyway, and it was basically for like a Google Maps, kind of like, a, well, in a, not Google Maps, but it's sort of the same idea, a mapping program nonetheless. Um, anyway, this really has no bearing on the story. Um, so they're out there, and I was just out there with them because, you know, and they were just asking me if, if, because it's, it's sort of a newer area, but where we're going to put certain cans and would you put them here and, and in terms of emptying them and recycling and blah, 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 and all this shit, where are you going to, so they wanted me there to whatever. And we, and we worked on placement and that type of thing. So anyway, it was a lot of sort of standing around and, um, the two, and they'd be down at the end of the block and I'd be at the other one and we'd be sort of measuring off where and, and all that type of thing. So I, I was basically doing a lot of standing there. And, uh, you know, from a distance, it'd be like, okay, what, what, you know, cause I'm out there in like high vis shit, right? And it's like, okay, here, here we are, more city worker, government workers standing around doing nothing, right? My tax dollars, you know, but meanwhile, they have no idea what we're doing, but, and I'm signaling basically about where to, what the, and I've got these markers that I'm putting down, uh, marking paint where I would do it. And then they'd come and we'd mark from there. Anyway. So I, it's not like I'm just standing out there just looking at the clouds. Like, no. So, okay. Anyway, so this lady comes up to me, this middle-aged lady. You know, and I'm, I'm just kind of looking at her. And I figure she's going to, oh, like, what are you guys doing? You know, whatever. And because like, there's always somebody, there's always looky-loos and people that walk and by. And especially, you know, you're installing something. Like, what, what's going on here? You know, like, there's always just snoopy snoopertons, right? That got to get in there. But, and that's kind of what I thought she was doing. She's like... Yeah, I was over in the park eating my lunch, and I've been standing there watching you guys, and you, yeah, it, it's embarrassing how you're just, you can get away with doing nothing. I'm just like, oh yeah? And I'm just sort of, what, and I mean, I've done this shit for 15 years, I've heard all the bullshit, I'm just like, oh, okay, and I just kind of turn my back and start walking, well, she's not letting it go, and she keeps, and now she's following me, and I'm just like, what, like, what do you want? And she's like... My town court, my taxes, pay your salary. So I have a right to my, I, you, no, what did she say? Yeah, I'm going to voice my opinion and you're going to have to listen to it. It's what she said. I just looked at her. I started laughing at her, which probably pissed her off even more. I'm like, I have to listen. I don't have to listen to anything. You say, who are you? You know, like whatever. I said, you have no idea what I'm doing. Go away. Like, 
Why are you bothering me? You know, it's just like, it was just unbelievable. And she's like, no, I'm not going away. I want an explanation of what you're doing. And I'm just looking at her and said, I don't have to explain anything to you. Who, go away. Like, and she's like, well, I want your boss's number. And I'm like, yeah, okay, hold on. So I wave down uh, to the, the two people I'm with. I'm like, hold on. So I go back to my truck and I grab like my boss's business card. And I wrote, I wrote on the back. I'm like, yeah, here you go. Here's his name. Phone him. This is his direct number, and you can tell him. Yeah, my name's Darren, and you you tell him everything that you're complaining about here. And she's like, "Well, you still have it. I'm not leaving until you give me an explanation of what you're doing." <laughs> like, can you believe this bullshit? Like, I can't get over. Just what are you doing? Like, and I and I said, "Well, first of all, if you've been sitting in the park eating your lunch watching us, you should understand what we're doing." You know, but I said, I'm not explaining myself to you. You can phone my boss and he can explain what I was doing to you. Other than that, get away from me. Go away. And she just will not, like, leave it alone. And she's, like, fall, And I'm, like, trying to kind of leave. And I walk back up to the people. And she kind of stays back. And I'm, like, yeah, this fucking idiot is just is harassing me. So just, you know, let's hold off for a second and whatever. And I'll get back to you. Because we have to do, like, signals and shit, right? And I'm, like... Because they're like, what does she want? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. Whatever. So they're like, well, whatever. We'll update this shit while we wait. So we kind of just like waited her out. But I went back to the truck. And as I'm walking by her, she's just like, oh, so you're not going to say anything? And I'm like, I gave you the card of the guy to talk to. Phone him. I'm done talking to you. Go away. And she fucking waddles off. And she's like, oh, yeah. She goes, I hope you, what'd she say? It's like, I hope you, uh savor this or something because i'm yeah your job's in jeopardy mister i i will be talking to your boss about how you spoke to me today <laughs> I don't, okay i said yeah yeah you go do that sure oh oh and that was the other thing she of course halfway through our little back and forth pulled out her phone and had to record it right i'm like oh yeah here we go so i've actually been looking on youtube i i've noticed i haven't Fat city. If you know that fat Saskatoon city worker on face on YouTube, that's me. Um, let me know because uh, get back to me because I want to get the yeah. I'll you know whatever. I don't. I didn't appreciate having a phone stuck in my face, but and and it's funny because you're so tempted and it's happened to me before. I you you're so tempted to like smack their hand or grab the phone and throw it, which is exactly what they want, right? And you just want to cup. No, not her. I wouldn't hit a woman, but I've actually had like. Teenage, high school kids do that to me too and egging me on and shit right and it's like you so want to fucking cuff them in the side of the head but you know they'd sue your ass right so whatever I've, I've learned after years on the job getting yelled at and whatever and been called every name and then working before that I worked at the casino so I was used to drunk addicted losing gamblers calling me names I've, I, I, my fuse is very long and I can handle people but in the back of your mind, though, you'd be like, I'd love to fucking slap the shit out of you. But anyway, so that was my, so I'm just like, fuck, whatever. And um, put it this way, if she ever phoned my boss, I didn't hear about it. So whatever. But fast forward to the next day. And uh, as I said, because um, this was, uh, it was, it was two weeks ago, I guess this happened. But um, it was my birthday um, on the 17th. It was last week this happened. And, uh, so it was my birthday, so I have to go, um, renew my driver's license. Um, so I go down to the insurance building, 
to, uh, you know, to uh, uh, update it. And I walk in. Guess who's behind the counter? Ah, yes. There she is. The look on her face when I walked in was priceless. She wasn't the one serving me, but she was in the back of the desk. And she was sitting at the back desk. And uh, she looks up and sees me, and her face just went white. And I said, oh, look who it is. And because she never said her name, I said, oh, look who it is. And, of course, everybody, and I was like the only one kind of in the insurance place. And, you know, and I said it fairly loud. And, I mean, everybody kind of, the lady helped me, oh, okay. And she kind of looks around like, who are you talking to? And I'm staring right at this lady. And I said, have you, how long have you been sitting there? Cause I've been standing here and you haven't been doing anything. Does your boss know what you're doing? Can I have your boss's name? Does it bother you when people come to your work? It bother you at work? Oh yeah. She got up and just stared at me. And then I, and I had my phone on me and I held up my phone. I didn't hit record or anything, but I said, can I record you too? And she just, she beetled to the back and the lady helping me. is just like, what the fuck is going on here? And she's just like, sir, excuse me? Like, do you need... And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. Yeah, I, I just had a concerned citizen the other day that was really concerned about my job performance and had a lot to say, you know. So I, I just wanted to follow up with her. And she's just... And the, everyone at the front counter is just, what are you dumbfounded about what I'm talking about? And I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. Just here's 25 bucks and let's go with the license, right? But yes, it was... Uh, oh, the, I had my, my Karen sighting in the wild. But yeah, how Seinfeld-esque was that to show up and there she was. Oh, I, I went, I, when I left, I got back in the truck. I, I laughed for about 15 minutes about how funny this was. Oh God, you know, oh, and then proceeded to end up having a, a, a garbage can fire and, uh, and, and, which quickly took my mind off of it. But, um, yeah, I just, oh I mean, anybody listening probably thought that story was super lame and whatever. I'm sorry, but I just found it like the Seinfeld-esque quality of it was just too much. Because isn't the Seinfeld episode when he's like, he got heckled at work, so now he's going to go to where they work and heckle him? That episode? Yeah, that was exactly the same thing. And I was like, oh, this is hilarious. I walked in and there she is. Yeah, she sure didn't have anything to say there. But oh boy, on that city sidewalk, she sure could fucking yap to the beat of the band. But... It just amazes me as a society where we are, like, that just, I'm going to stick my phone in someone's face and talk shit about something that I know nothing about or what's going on or stick my nose into somebody's business. Like, I've said to the wife before, like, you know, we're in Costco or at Walmart, her and I are going through Walmart. If I see two Walmart employees in the aisle talking to each other. I'm not going to go up to them and, and ask them to explain to me what they should be doing. And I want to talk to their manager about them talking in the aisle. Uh, it would never dawn on me to do that. But yet there are some people out there and maybe it's because the civil worker or the, you know, the, you know, maybe it's the government worker thing that, the, okay, their ta- I guess, yes, their taxes do pay your salary. So they, they do have a, a, a right they think to talk to you any way they want. And I mean, I've heard that if I had a dollar for every person that said that to me, I could have retired by now. And I think people legitimately, I've been told oh, I'm your boss. <laughs> you know, you're not because I pay taxes too. So I guess now it's even um, like, just shut up. But it's like, why? Like 
Well, first of all, like I said, if you'd been watching for any point of, for any length of time, you would see me communicating with the other two people, one of them holding a laptop and the other one with a scanning gun and I have marking paint. Like clearly we're doing something. I'm not just standing in the middle of the sidewalk staring up at the clouds or on my phone or, you know, tweeting or something. Like clearly I'm doing something, you know, but it's just like, but yo, I'm not leaving until you explain yourself to me. Like, are you fucking for real right now? Um, yeah, it's just, I think having the phone stuck in your face though is, is, it's such an, um, that's not an invasion of privacy. That's not the right term, but it's so like, just, I don't know what, I don't know what word or what phrase I'm looking for. It's so offsetting or off-putting. Like you get, it takes you back. Like you, what the fuck is this? Right. Cause like every, every clip you ever see on the internet of someone snapping or a fight or something stupid happening is cause somebody's filming someone, right? Um, yeah. So all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm, and then you start thinking, am I going to end up on the internet? Not that I would, I don't know. It'd be a very boring video if she put it up on YouTube cause nothing really happened. But, um, and I think she was just egging something on for something to happen. So she'd have some big viral video or guess or whatever. But, you know, like I said, it's, I've had people do that to me before and, you know, you're not going to get a rise out of me, not on camera for sure. And, uh, and I'm not a real snap show person anyway, but it's just like, I can see how people do snap though. I can see it. Like I can see why people slap phones out of people's hands and yeah. Cause you, and you, cause you get these friggin' Karen idiots sticking shit in your face. It's fuck. It's unbelievable. Anyway, that was just my ending story. That was probably boring as shit, but I just wanted to share it cause it, the Seinfeld uh, ask properties of it crack me up. But, uh, anyway, folks, um, I want to thank you again for tuning in. Um, again, I know there's a million podcasts in the world to listen to the fact that you chose to listen to this one. I greatly appreciate it. I really do. And, uh, if you ever, uh, like I said, if you want, if you want to get a hold of me with show ideas, you want to come on the show and talk, I love to have people on and bullshit and whatever. Um, get a hold of me through social media. If you're not on social media, email me hockeyfights at hotmail.com. Send me an email and let me know your thoughts on the show, good, bad, or otherwise. And uh, Or if you want to come on the show or you have a guest for the show or just want to say hello. I mean, I love hearing from people. And I've actually gotten a, a, a fair amount. Well, not like old cards and letters are flooding in. But I've, I got a bunch of emails uh, and private messages from people in the last little while. Um, especially about the tournament and stuff that they enjoyed it. And, and it was fun to communicate with you guys. And I appreciate everyone out that took the time to uh, uh, to send to send a, a, a an email or a, or a message, um, yeah, please by all means. And I, like I said, if there's something on the show that I'm not doing that you wish I would, let me know. If there's something I am doing that you don't like, again, let me know. I love to have feedback. There's nothing wrong with constructive criticism. That's how we get better, right? So, um, yeah, absolutely. But uh, anyway, folks, I'll get out of here. I took. <laughs> See, I did it again. Hour and twenty minutes, and I said I would. I I wouldn't talk too long. I guess it's just, it, it's not in me to be abrupt, I guess. <laughs> but uh, anyway, folks, thank you very much for uh, tuning in. And definitely tune in on Wednesday's show for Keegan McGraw. Young kid, got the fighting spirit, and uh, he has a really fun story. And uh, I think you'll dig the passion. So I will talk to you guys on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 